Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Reverend Dr. David Bruner. One of the most striking things about American culture right now in 2020 is how afraid everyone is. I mean, not everyone, not all the time, I guess, but a lot of us, a lot of the time, we're afraid. I know I am. And unless you've been living under a rock for the past year or hiding in a cave somewhere, you have some idea why. For one thing, there's the pandemic. People are afraid. People are afraid of catching it. They're afraid of getting sick. They're afraid of dying alone in some hospital room. They're afraid for their kids, their parents, their family, their friends. People are afraid of the toll the virus takes on us. They're afraid of missing one more holiday with loved ones they miss. They're afraid of spending six more months staring at the walls of their apartment and watching the paint dry. They're afraid for their livelihoods. Afraid for the way this pandemic is affecting all of us financially. I read one study this week that said that one in four American households has had someone lose a job because of COVID-19. And as always, these sorts of things affect those at the bottom of the economic ladder most severely. But even here in affluent Paoli, people are hurting. And then of course, there's everything that's happening in American society. First, the pandemic, and then in turn, the presidential election ruthlessly exposed and heightened all the polarization, the conflict, the deep disagreement and anger in our society. I think a lot of people look at what's going on in our country and around the world and they, they feel afraid. And this is where it gets really interesting. Right? Because on one hand, there are very big problems facing American society. We just touched on some of them. And we are right to be concerned about those things. But on the, on the other hand, I have to say that I find that American society has a way of amplifying and sustaining fear. That is really very dangerous. If a person's afraid of something, they're gonna pay very, very close attention to it. And let me tell you, your attention is a very valuable commodity. How many of you have heard the term doom scrolling? Doom scrolling, that's an attractive little phrase, isn't it? It was invented, of course, during this past year. And it describes the way a person will sit in front of a phone or a tablet or some sort of screen and read one after another, one depressing news article 
after another, slowly becoming more and more convinced that there is no hope, <laughs> that everything is terrible, right? Both political parties hate each other, swipe. Uh, the economy is going very, very badly, swipe. Um, the polar ice caps are melting, swipe, 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 swipe. Doom scrolling, that's what it is. And as you uh, might imagine, this phenomenon did not come about by accident. It's by design. Technology and social media companies know that if they consistently feed us a stream of alarming news articles, we will keep looking at our phones and at our screens. A similar thing happens with cable news networks. They know that if they can keep you afraid or anxious about what's happening in our country and in the world, your eyeballs will be glued to the screen and you'll be less likely to flip away when the commercials come on. Politicians, of course, have known for a long time that if you want to motivate a group of people to support you, one of the very best things you can do is make them afraid. Fear, of course, often leads to anger. They're close cousins, and anger is a great motivator. To live in America in 2020 and to resist the siren song of fear and anxiety is a very difficult thing. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's what the angel told Mary, according to the Gospel of Luke. It's easy for us to forget sometimes, but Mary, too, had reasons to be afraid. Mary had a picture in her head of how her life would go. <laughs> and what the angel said to her was not it. Instead of marrying first and only then bearing children, Mary would become pregnant first and get married only later. And the child in her womb would be no ordinary baby, but the son of the Most High. Just as the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters in Genesis 1 to create a new world, God's Spirit would hover over her body to knit together a Savior in her womb. What stands out in our passage for today is Mary's astonishment, her bewilderment, and yes, her fear at the awesome, solemn thing she has been asked to do. All of which makes her faith and obedience so much more inspiring. Do not be afraid. These words are not spoken only to Mary. They are spoken to saints throughout the pages of Scripture. Again and again, when God is up to something, we hear his voice saying, do not be afraid. God says it to Abraham and to Jacob, to Moses and to David, to Solomon and Elijah. It's found on the lips of the psalmist and the prophets. And of course, it's all over the New Testament. 
from the Gospel of Matthew at the beginning all the way to the book of Revelation at the end. Do not be afraid. Friends, these words are not just a command spoken to someone long ago and far away. They are spoken to us here now. I believe they are God's word to us today. Do not be afraid. I believe God is calling us as much as we can to let go of our fear and to replace it with faith. Now, as I say that, I want to make something clear. When I say that God is calling us not to be afraid, I do not mean that God wants us to close our eyes to the many important issues around us. And I certainly do not mean that God wants us to adopt a lazy, laissez-faire or casual attitude about the pandemic. Please don't hear me saying that. Some folks in the Christian community do seem to think that if you really have faith in Jesus, you won't be afraid of catching coronavirus, you won't get sick or die, and you certainly don't need to wear a mask to protect your neighbor. I think that's very foolish. When I talk about not being afraid, I mean something quite different. Pastor Jeff Conway used to ask people a question when they were going through something difficult. It was just three little words. He would say, who are you? Who are you? And he often did it to me when it would catch me off guard and I would go, uh, 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 and I think it, it gave him a chuckle as well. But you learned, especially when he'd asked you the question more than once, that the answer was always the same. The answer was always, I am a child of God. I am a child. Of course, the answer to that question didn't change anything about the situation you were going through at the time. But it did change one's attitude about it. And I think that's so very important. As Christians, one of the most powerful tools we have in negotiating life's challenges is to recognize that we may not always be able to control what happens to us. But we have much more control about what happens in us. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control the economy. We can't control our society. We can do our part, and we certainly should. But what we have much more control over is how we respond to those things. Will we give free reign to our fears? Will we let ourselves be manipulated and pushed around by the voices in our society that want to gin up fear and anger? Or will we strive to acknowledge our fears forthrightly and then, and then, put them in the context of our faith in Jesus? Another way of putting the same question is to ask, Whose voice will we listen to? Whose voice do we attend to in our heart? Will it be the many, many fearful voices we hear in the media, on social networks, in society? Or will it be the voice of God 
saying, do not be afraid. Will it be the voice of the psalmist saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? Is it the voice of Jesus speaking to a persecuted, hurting, struggling church in the book of Revelation, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Will it be the voice of a beautiful hymn we sing here at church sometimes that says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Dear friends, there are so many opportunities for us as Christians to share the light of Christ with our neighbors in this difficult and unusual time. And I honestly believe that one of the very best opportunities we have is to embrace a countercultural lifestyle of calm, of faithfulness, of assurance, instead of fear and anxiety and worry. It's a totally ordinary thing, and yet at this moment, it's a totally extraordinary thing too. Spend time in prayer, put away your screens, love your neighbors, and do not be afraid.